The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Welcome back to the Flyover State Sports Show. I am your host, Sam the D-Log, and I am joined by my gracious host, co-host, and friend, Gavin the Turd, Alexander Bedander. I'm uh, here to claim my title as host of the show because my golfer won. And I Oh, that is him. right. Would you like my mic? No, I don't want to host. Fuck that. I just wanted to prove that I know golf by sheer guessing. So um, so I want you to know one thing, right? I almost had to listen to the show for the very first time. For those of you who don't know, I don't listen to the show because I'm on the show. I already know what happens. Why would I listen to something that I already know what happens? That is the uh, nice crack of a cold... DP. But why would I listen to a show? I host it. I go out. But you forced my hand because I get Scotty Scheffler and Xander Shoffley confused. And I was pretty sure that you chose Xander Shoffley. But then Scotty Scheffler was the world number one. And I remembered you saying something about that. So I said to myself, I'm going to text Gavin and see who we picked. So I text Gavin. And Gavin says, "Oh, I picked Phil Mickelson." So I'm like, "Fuck! I don't know who I don't know who the fuck Gavin picked." And then all three of them ended up beating Gary Woodland. So problem solved. Yep. So congratulations, Gavin. You know ball, Golf man ball. of many talents. Absolutely. Well, we have a great show for you guys today. Um, we have no show script, so you're getting a completely unhinged version of Gavin and I, if that isn't just exactly what you come to expect every week. The only thing that we have written down in our notes is Jalen Hurts got the bag. And Gavin, Jalen Hurts did get the bag. Yeah, I'm, uh, so I, when I, when I heard about this, my initial reaction was actually not Jalen Hurts himself, but Lamar Jackson, um, because I I know that's where, um, why I thought about that though is because the Eagles have done the Eagles came out after the Super Bowl and basically just told everybody, "Hey, we're like going to get this dude signed, probably 50 million dollars a year, like we're just going to get this done." And that was it. You didn't hear it. To the point where I joked a couple weeks ago like, "Haha, remember when Jalen Hurts was going to get paid? Well, now I'm an idiot and Jalen Hurts <laughs> is paid." So, um, well, you were going to be an idiot at some point because Jalen Hurts was eventually going to get paid unless he got hit by a bus. Well, I I don't know. I like the NFL is weird. I truthfully I didn't know what to expect. This is kind of like one of the first uh, record-setting running first quarterbacks that. Uh, and I mean, don't forget too, Jalen Hurts is out of the second round. Um, draft capital comes into this type of stuff. There's just a lot of question marks. I. At least I still had about Jalen Hurts, especially coming into this year. 
Um, even after the year, I talked shit about how he didn't miraculously learn how to throw a football. He acquired a thing called an A.J. Brown. But yeah. I don't think the uh, Eagles care much about that. Jalen Hurts, I think, does a lot of things that um, I, I love talking about where he's um, off the football field, the person that you want. He's mm-hmm. the type of leader that you want leading the franchise. And, I mean, he did kind of play at an MVP level last year, which doesn't hurt. So, good for Jalen Hurts. He's the highest paid player in the NFL, even though his cap hit is, like, nothing for the next couple seasons. Dude, I know. His cap hit is so – like, if you look at him versus Daniel Jones, it's, like, hilarious. Like, Daniel Jones' contract is structured in a way where, like, there's no real dead money. Right. But, like, Jalen Hurts' cap hit, like, doesn't get, like, super big until, like – four years from now i think yeah it's like well, four the or problem, five the problem is i saw that structure and it almost looks like i mean so much of the way the contracts are presented is like you know to make the player and the agent look good obviously like the team mm-hmm. wants to give off the illusion that they pay their players like to the max amount but Really, it seemed to me, and I, I, again, I don't want to come off. Jalen Hurts is an incredible player, deserves everything here. Like, he had played incredible last year. It really seemed to me like it was a lot of funny money and restructures down the line that are going to take down a lot of that cap hit. And, I mean, eventually, you know, it's the cap. You keep kicking the can down the road, and eventually you got to pay the piper. But, I mean, realistically, with the yeah, current you, state of the economy and inflation, you kind of don't. So You just don't care at that point. You just make sure that you – you know, you capitalize on this window when you still have the best offensive line in football and a really good defense. Right. And I mean, this, the way that the cat, that uh, contract is structured, ironically, I, I don't want to look too far ahead with it, but um, when I talk about Jalen Hurts having this core of weapons to throw to and everything, they might actually be able to retain both Devonta Smith and AJ Brown on mm-hmm. uh, massive deals with the Jalen Hurts deal, which sounds retarded after he just signed a deal that made him the highest paid player in the NFL. But the way that the deal is structured, similar to the way that the Chiefs have kind of cheated the system with the Mahomes contract, it just has allowed them a lot of flexibility to maintain the high end roster that they have. I mean, they got the draft picks to stay cheap here too. So I mean, the mm-hmm. Eagles are Eagles are in an incredible spot. It wouldn't surprise me if we play them in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs play them in the Super Bowl for multiple times over the next couple of years. Yeah, Howie Roseman's just he's is Howie Roseman the best GM in the NFL? I feel like it. I feel like he's definitely top five. The so it depends on how much credit do you give him for stumbling into Jalen Hurts? Right, that's the kind of. I mean, um, God, you gotta give him some credit. He, he I mean, did really, draft him. Here, here's the thing. He drafted Jalen Hurt. So here's the thing. That was like right after all the Taysom Hill stuff and Carson Wentz had been hurt a lot. So it kind of just, obviously he had to think that Jalen Hurts was good enough to back up Carson Wentz effectively enough to where there wouldn't be a huge drop-off if Carson Wentz were to get hurt. Because at that point, you were kind of just on the deal of like, okay, Carson Wentz is probably our, like franchise quarterback, but like, you know, if he gets fucking hurt, we need, need an elite backup, and he gets hurt every year. So part of me almost wants to give him credit, but part of me also thinks he drafted him with the mindset of, okay, well, we might need this dude, but he also 
like dude run fast and do football things. So like we can use him other other places. Well, and, and let's not forget at the time that he was drafted, it was entirely about at least in my my way of thinking, it was entirely about Carson Wentz injury history. And then you get into the argument about how I I hate to speculate this type of stuff, but I mean Carson Wentz just I mean crumbled mentally and like as a player just like felt career fell apart after the drafting of Jalen Hurts. So like, yes, Jalen Hurts ended up being incredible and you got to this point and to a Super Bowl. But at the same time, you also ruined a guy that had also had an MVP season and had played in a incredibly high level and led you to a Super Bowl. Like, Dude, Carson Wentz, the only fall off I've seen like more drastic than Carson Wentz is like Ben Simmons. Like yeah. Ben Ben Simmons literally went from like all star level player with a huge ceiling, like never figured out how to shoot the basketball, never like tried to work on it in game because he was too embarrassed to like not be able to make threes, and then just like got defended in such a way that like basically eliminated how he played basketball. And then he just crumbled mentally, has been hurt, and like is nothing. Like you couldn't, like you can't give him away at this point because of contract and like affectability. And like that's kind of the thing with Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz went from like MVP caliber quarterback who tore his ACL to, you know, still leading the Eagles to the playoffs like the next two years, honestly. He didn't right. get to play in the playoffs because, uh, an injury in the year after, but like injuries just kind of piled up and then Jalen Hurts got drafted, which I mean, kind of makes sense when, you know, you're relying on Josh McCown in a playoff game because, you know, Carson Wentz broke his collarbone. I think it was, or no, he yeah. got a concussion. He, I was at that game. He got a concussion. That was like the end of Carson Wentz. Well, I just, um, doesn't Carson Wentz leaves after that. looks like he can revitalize his career with, the Colts has a 27 touchdown, seven interception season, but because of the other press around Carson Wentz, it seems like he played the, I guess, perception. Yeah. I mean, the 27 touchdown, seven picks was a mirage on how he played on the whole in a way. But at the same time, like he did put up in great stats and was still lambasted by the media in a way. And his teammates was let go. And the Colts made, obviously the correct decision to just kick him to the curve and make a massive upgrade with Matt Ryan. Um, yeah. I mean, a, dude, then a, like last year in Washington was, a, was a disaster an unmitigated yeah. disaster. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where you're sitting there and it's like, my God, like what happened to this guy? Right. So but, I don't know. That's always been the thing, but I mean, good for Jalen hurts. Yes. I mean, I, I still can't believe it, dude. Like, he fell off, like, just so hard. I know. It's it's one of those things, and, I mean, we can take this into a – I don't really have a whole lot more to add on to Jalen Hurts. He deserves it. I don't know if he's as good as that contract says. The contract's bullshit enough. I think the Eagles could still get themselves out of it if he just falls off. If, say, A.J. Brown gets hurt and he plays like shit for half of a season or something, like, I, I don't know. But, and we're looking at things differently. I, I think for my money, um, the two things I'll say is, one, 
Well, I'm going to say three things. One, I'm shocked that Jalen Hurts ended up this good because I still can't get out of my mind the national title game against Georgia where he got benched. And honestly, just like several other games where it just didn't look like he knew how to throw a football. And honestly, Lincoln Riley kind of saved his ass because he took him from like guy who basically couldn't throw football to like guy who finishes second in Heisman. And I had no faith in him, like at all. I couldn't, I couldn't believe he got drafted in the second round. Um, but I can't believe how much he has improved because I thought he was. Yeah, I, I get you put improved in air quotes. I can't believe that he even got the opportunity to be a starting quarterback for two seasons. I mean, he's led him to the playoffs twice in the Super Bowl once. So I mean, he's effective. I, I no I I 100% agree with you to a to a point the um the like giant caveat I'll put with that is I think um yes quarterback is the most important position in the NFL it's paid that way the media handles it that way I just think as a as an American culture I'll just go all the way up to our fucking society we um do a horrible job of understanding how much coaching scheme and like all of that stuff can't surrounding talent, talent. Around, right all of that can actually affect the quarterbacks because i mean let's let's take a step back from the two quarterbacks playing each other in super bowl we had pat mahomes on a hobbled ankle playing in a fake offense versus uh jalen hurts with one of the best receiving cla- uh receiving top, whatever. top five receive receiver duos top three offensive line Dallas and Goddard. like a top five tight end yeah and then you have a coaching staff that has been entirely picked over because the rest of the nfl decided that they were worth bringing in to be their head coaches that's just yeah. or coordinators so i mean like again we we're we're gonna nothing's gonna change with how we handle quarterbacks but just i think we need to realize like Mahomes is awesome. Hurts is awesome. They they absolutely have the tools and everything to like open up the ability to them for them to do a shit ton of stuff with their offense. But there is so many external factors that affect quarterback play, and I think like as much as we make fun of the running back position, I don't think it's to the same extent with quarterback. But I definitely think a lot of those same Jesus Christ, Sydney, it's going to take <laughs> a lot of those same parallels exist. I think the one thing I will say, and we'll end it with Jalen on this high note here, is it's very easy to pay a guy like Jalen and like feel comfortable with it because, like you said, with the off the field stuff, but like the NFL is so one in the margins of everything, and Jalen just works his ass off. Like you can tell he works, he worked his ass off at Alabama. To like, you know, try and win the job against Tua, win his job back, essentially. And you know he has high character because he stayed at Bama after he competed and just transfer. Like he he's just a consummate pro and very mature. And being a consummate show being a consummate pro and very mature takes you from like guy who's like middle of the road quarterback. The guy who's like top ten quarterback, like pretty easy, because again, everything's won with with inches, not with feet. Were you uh, were you saying that as a Will Levis subtweet or just generally? Um, Will Levis is a little different. It, it it's different, but the same. If that makes sense, 
I'm still just not like big on Will Levis. I actually saw a comp for him. He got comped to Jay Cutler by someone, which makes kind of a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler gave a shit about anything. <laughs> um, but I mean he's got a huge arm. I, I don't know. Will Levis to me, Will Levis seems like the kind of guy where because he's like mature like that. This is the same thing with Hendon Hooker, too, by the way. Those dudes, and, like, it's exactly what's going on with Josh Dobbs, too. Josh Dobbs is not good, but Josh Dobbs is, like, really smart and really mature, and so he'll be in the NFL for eight years because, like, he'll just keep getting work as a backup quarterback because he's really smart and really mature and, like, good enough to be an NFL backup. Like, that, I mean, that's, like, the basement for Will Levis, I would say is, like, guy who flames out as first-round pick, but, like, still... Basically, Blaine Gabbert, which the Chiefs just signed, by the way. Yeah. But pretty much... Yeah, like, Will Levis's basement is basically Blaine Gabbert. Pretty much guy who probably gets to be kicked around the NFL, tried to start for a couple of times, just settles into a backup role. I, I will say... Um, and I mean, we can transition to the draft stuff with this, because I yes. one of the narratives that I continue to keep hearing is... That the NFL is, you know, quote, higher on Will Levis than media, fantasy football, whatever other, like, outlets you want to talk about. I do think that that is a major portion of it. Um, Because I basically haven't, every single time you look at something about Will Levis, you hear about the arm. And then you hear about all the character stuff and everything. Because, I mean, honestly, we know the last season at Kentucky just was not good in any way, shape, or form. It was bad. he, He gets... Drafted high, it's just kind of in a way the NFL is saying that they just don't care. Um, you know he has the sh- the second shortest odds to go number two overall in the draft. Does he really? Yeah. You want to know who's you want to know who? Guess who the f- um, shortest odds to go second overall is? So obviously Bryce Young is the shortest odds. Bryce Young went from like minus like one thirty or something. Like something like you could reasonably maybe make some money on if you threw like a ton of it on to like minus 400 like two days ago to go first overall. Yeah. It's like Bryce, Bryce Young's pretty much locked into that slot per Vegas. Yeah. And Vegas lies, obviously, and things change all the time. The I mean, we're, we're eight days away from the draft. Like these things are really fluid. But Will Levis is. Excuse me. I had a. Uh, I had a barbecue ham sandwich with pepper jack cheese earlier today. It was delicious. Anyway, so Will Levis is the second shortest odds to go second overall. Take a guess who the shortest odds are. I mean, it's CJ Stroud, right? Will Anderson. There's Uh, been a lot of smoke that the Texans won't take a quarterback at two. So, uh... I so I guess I just uh, I was actually just listening to PFS NFL podcast before that and they were talking about the same concept and I do you think that I guess two things is what I see with it a they think that there's a possibility of still getting a quarterback that they like at twelve um, or trading up or trading up or um, or even with that like if they miss out on a quarterback at twelve I don't know if they really care because. You know, the next year's draft class quarterbacks are always better than this year's draft class quarterbacks type conversation. So, um, I mean, if I were them, 
I mean, I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, do you think it's crazy for them to like go out and? I mean, there's been a lot of buzz about Hendon Hooker going late one, but do you think it would really be like that big of a like? Do, do you think? Do you think it'd be something to where Houston would take like Will Anderson at two? Theoretically, like Jack, we'll just say Jackson Smith and Jigba. We'll just say he's the first wide receiver off the board at 12. Like, do you go like Will Anderson? Do you go JSN and then pick Hendon Hooker like in the second round? I don't think so. The problem, the problem is there's not really that one guy who's in like the top of the second round that like you theoretically could want. It's kind of those four dudes. Right. No, there's um, – I don't even want to go into nauseam on how much I hate Hendon Hooker as a first-round quarterback prospect. It's I, I don't get it, honestly. I, don't either. I, I really don't. It Here's the thing. I don't really get it with Hendon Hooker, and I really don't get it with Will Levis, but, like, Will Levis at least is, like, super toolsy, if that makes sense, and played in a pro offense. So, like, you can basically just tell – you can, like – I don't even want to say convince me, but like you can tell me like, oh, Will Levis is going to go here. And it's like, well, I don't like Will Levis, but like that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? And like people are going to point to Bama tape and everything. And it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I So I heard, um, I, I want to quote, um, if people don't like follow Matt Harmon um, on Twitter, he's um analyst for Yahoo and also does a lot of his own work through Reception Perception. Um, I was actually listening to some of his stuff on uh, Jalen Hyatt and basically just the fakeness of the Tennessee offense, which I think we all... Yeah, it's, it's literally just a gimmick system. Right, which I guess I've heard and understood and believed for a while, but he was the first person that I've heard actually give like a logical reason for like why and how that happens and why it's not translatable. Because he basically just pointed out that like the field between pro and college football is just legitimately different. The hash marks are wider in college football, so you yep. can you're allowed to spread the field more. So what Tennessee would basically do is when you have the ball on one far side, you can just spread wide receivers out to the point on the opposite side of the field. Art, Baylor did a lot of the same stuff with Art Bryles, but you can basically just put the free safety into a bind where they physically there's too much ground out on that side of the field when the play starts for them to cover, especially when you give a guy with just natural speed, like Jalen Hyatt, as much of a runway as they did with free releases and just tell him run deep and let the safety make a decision. And it's not just when the pro the reason Jalen Hyatt's tape looks the way it was is because when there's that much space for the free safety to have to make that decision, it is a, less than a split second decision that safety has to make to even have a like physical, like just by straight physics chance to even have a chance to make a play on Jalen Hyatt. And it worked great. That same thing goes for Hendon Hooker though. In the evaluation, I, I like how Hendon Hooker's handled it, handled it in interviews. I mean, yes, Hendon Hooker can only play to the system that he's played in. Like if a player is open, he's going to throw the ball. That's just how it fucking works. Yeah. I understand that. But you still got to be able to translate that into a way that, like, is actually usable in the NFL. And I guess that was the 
with that being the first thing that like actually made sense on why it doesn't translate to the NFL, it I kind it kind of made the hatred and the I don't know what other word to use, just how much I dislike the prospects of Jalen Hyatt, Hendon Hooker, like that much make that much more sense and make me feel that much stronger. I, I guess for me too, like Hendon Hooker tours ACL in like the last week of November. Like he's gonna miss almost the entirety of the preseason, isn't he? At least, if not more. You remember Matt Corral? What yeah, happened? and I mean, I, I'm t- and like, look. Here's the thing, too. Like, Jamison Williams is a wide receiver, and Detroit didn't need him back like that and everything. I, I, I know he played towards the end of the season, but like, I mean, Hendon Hooker is probably his first year is probably going to be like a wash, right? Or at least like some sort of you might he not he might not be taking a bath in his washing, but he might be taking a quick shower. Like he's probably gonna miss a lot of like off season stuff. So you're probably going to be looking at essentially a half seasoned twenty six year old off ACL rookie next year as he's a quarterback. Never played in a pro system. And hasn't played football in damn near a year. And to me, I just sit there and I'm like, I'm thinking like, dude, Pat Mahomes is like two years young, like older than this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if this dude isn't like as like, if this dude isn't good enough to immediately start for you, like after that year, then like, what are we doing? It's the same thing as he, he is probably less raw than like Malik Willis, for instance. If that makes sense, because yeah, we look super raw. But it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, <laughs> like this guy's twenty like like Malik Willis last year is like 23, 24, and he flops. And it's like, okay, well, where the fuck can we possibly go here? Right. Like Jalen Hurts kind of flops, but Jalen Hurts is like twenty or I, I should say flops, but like Jalen Hurts kind of looks weird in his rookie year, right? Like he looked, he looked solid, but like, it's not a lot of like NFL quarterbacking solid. It's a lot of like, Oh, right. look at this guy. He can like run a little bit and he can throw decent. And like, he looks good, but he's like 22, 23. And it's like, ah, oh, we could like develop this guy. And they did. But it's like, if Hendon hooker does that, like when he's 26, it's like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like this guy's fucking 27 next year. Like it's, it's the conversation about how like, Trey Lance is literally getting trade offers sent to the 49ers still and has had just about everything go wrong possible for them after trading up for him. So, so like, those young quarterbacks, the guys that, like, other teams also believe, too, are, like, super talented. Like, they retain their value just, like, regardless. Especially when, I mean, I don't want to say especially, almost entirely when they're young. Because you can look at them and say, all right, Trey Lance is 23. Like, we can still draft him. He's been learning. Like, we get, he's still young enough. We can consider him almost a draft pick we're bringing in. Yeah, so, exactly. That's that's just, yeah. No, I'm I'm glad we feel the same way on that. I've, um, but. When, like, I'm we, trying to think, who's the fit for someone like Hendon Hooker? And again, like, I completely understand, like, all the Will Levis stuff. But Will Levis is, like, a year younger and played in a pro system, and you're going to get a fucking see him this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
that's the thing is like you're gonna get to know like real quick like this isn't some like two-year plan thing i'm trying to think of who like the fit is it's got to be a team that has like cont- that's like mid as hell that like needs Hendon hooker to either just be a bridge guy or like be the guy for like a couple of seasons he, he feels very tennessee is what he feels like i i'll be honest with you when you take a step back if I, i'm an nfl gm when you take a step back and walk yourself through exactly what you said earlier about a 25 year old rookie off of an acl tier tear who's never played a full or never played in a pro system and is going to be 27 when he starts his first game i just don't know why that sounds like a guy that i care about bringing into my building like just yeah period and i mean like i know that that's I again, I don't want to. You know, it's cruel, but board. it's like I I hate that he's off my board discussion. But like realistically, like what as you're saying, I don't think there is a fit. I don't think he makes sense for an NFL team to bring in with legitimate intentions. I I think I think he makes sense for a team that has like a developing roster that's looking for he. If I were to like. The team I think he makes sense for, now that I think about it, is I think if like you can give him the fourth round, like he makes sense for like the Jets. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, like, cause that trade still hasn't happened, by the way. People just have assumed it's happened or it is happening, and like it hasn't. Right. But it's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is like here for one year, maybe two years. And like Hendon Hooker gets to redshirt this one year. And then maybe sit one more. And then, like, you're just kind of ready for him to take the reins. Or if Rodgers just retires after one year, like, and you don't have the draft capital to go move up because you trade for Aaron Rodgers. So maybe you don't have the draft capital to move up to get, like, a good rookie quarterback. And maybe you're starting to get a little cap strapped because you're having to pay your good players. Maybe Hendon Hooker is, like, that fill in guy. But even then, I don't know. It, It seems like a team that's, like, Semi mid, who needs someone to like, who they're about to move off of a vet, and then just like see what happens. Right. No, I, I agree. I guess to wrap up the QB thing, I see Seattle's it. actually Seattle's actually an interesting one in my opinion too. God, I mean, yes, but then I mean, you're basically just burning a year of Geno Smith's contract where. I mean, yes, you get to have Geno Smith start for another year, but I feel like the part of the allure of Geno Smith's contract is you can start Geno Smith and groom a Anthony Richardson, a CJ Stroud, a like, yeah, re- a real prospect. Sorry. I think they should draft one at five because I think if you're Seattle, you're probably thinking we probably won't get this opportunity to pick in the top five again. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. I I guess with that, cause what I see happening in the draft is. Bryce Young absolutely going at one. I, I think I so too. I don't see a way that the Colts don't pick a quarterback at four. And I true, if you want my honest opinion, I think that that is Will Levis. I I see a lot of similarities between God, what he, he just feels like it, dude. He feels like who they would pick. Not only that, but Shane Steichen is their OC or head coach, whatever he got actually promoted to there. But um, he's coming straight from dealing with Jalen Hurts. I see a lot of per- like personality and off the field, whatever comparisons between the two players. And then you got a like pretty damn good, uh, big quarterback, strong athlete 
with a he has a much better arm than Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is just a better understanding, it seems, of playing the quarterback position at this point. Is there a more I don't want to say gross, but is there a more like less I I'm just gonna say it because I don't even know how to describe it. Like Anthony Richardson I on knew the you were court going there. just feels wrong. Yes. Like correct. I don't it just doesn't feel right because the Colts have just trotted out like mid after mid after mid. And like, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is like an athletic quarterback, but not like that. You know what I mean? Like right. Jacoby Brissett is very much a, Hey, I don't run like a four, nine I, I can like run a little bit quarterback, but other than that, you know, Phil rivers, Carson Wentz, post ACL like Matt Wright like they just have trees and like Anthony Richardson just feels like so wrong in a Colts uniform I don't know why I so I I completely agree with you in every way the he feels perfect in the Seahawks in, uniform by the way I just want to put that out there into the ether Anthony Richardson just feels like a great fit in Seattle the only, especially sitting behind Gino, I agree with that entirely. Yeah, like um, he, Anthony Richardson feels fun in like Houston, also and Carolina. Really, Anthony Richardson feels fun everywhere except for fucking Indianapolis. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't know what what to do with CJ Stroud. I really think he could go anywhere and succeed. Um, well, I guess let me rephrase that. He could go anywhere and. I said this about Justin Fields and the Bears have done nothing to help me like lean one way or the other. Justin Fields was my like line in the sand. If Justin Fields can't work in the NFL as a passer, then I'm done just with these Ohio State quarterbacks. But now like we haven't seen anything from Justin Fields or the Bears do anything to help Justin Fields as a passer. He's so, so incomplete. Yeah. Ju- Justin Fields at least showed he can do it. Justin Fields is so polarizing, dude. I, I don't know. Just I hate it because I go and I watch him play against that Clemson team, and I literally watch him just drop a perfect pass into Chris Olave, and really, I, I mean, like Olave run the won the route, obviously, but like it's a perfect pass, like over his shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's a fucking stud. And then like he goes to the Bears, and they're running him like 20 times a game, and it's like, but he could just be good at quarterback if you gave him a chance. Yeah, no, the only thing that, like, really concerns me, I mean, we're getting off C.J. Stroud here, but, like, uh, the Justin Fields threw the least in the NFL, I, I guess was tied there with the Falcons, who also refused to pass the ball, and he ran the ball shit ton himself, but he still led the NFL in sacks, which is just incredible. Like it, That is kind of funny, actually. <clears throat> so, I mean, it, that's... I the, don't watch any Bears games. Is that, like, a lot of him just trying to extend plays? I, well... It's a mix. I mean, I know their offensive line was garbage. Offensive line is garbage. Justin Fields. God, I hate to make this. The the reading defenses, the speed reading defenses uh, concerns. Like, yes, they are still there because the time to throw is still really high. So it's not like he's doing anything to recognize, like, pressure is coming. I should know where my quick outlet is and get the ball there. Doesn't do that very well. But at the same time, when pressure does break down, he knows he's an incredible athlete and it causes him to do a lot of great things running the ball, especially because in the NFL rushing yards are all, don't count on sacks. Like at college, you lose yards on sack rushing yards on sacks. Yeah. But 
NFL, you like just gain yards when you actually, you know, when you scramble out and you gain positive yardage, we see all of that. But Justin Fields lost so much fucking net yardage for the Bears because you just try to scramble out. You would never, I mean, because he believed he could, he could in college, but it's the NFL. You're getting chased by better athletes. And I'm still not convinced. I, I don't love that offensive coaching staff. I, around I him, and yeah. I I think I told you this before. I thought Justin Fields had the best potential, even between Trevor Lawrence's draft class. I thought, like, my God, man, this guy can be Josh Allen. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like Trevor Lawrence, I was a little lower on the consensus. I thought he was going to be like Kirk Cousins, and it appears he's better. He, he's a better version of Kirk Cousins. Which I don't know who even who is a better version of Kirk Cousins. Like, like, what is that? Like, what does that look like? Because he, here's my thing, right? Like, here's Peyton Manning, and here's Kirk Cousins, and there's someone that has to be in between Kirk Cousins and Peyton Manning because they play very similarly, and I don't know who it is. The, uh, the difference is, in my eyes, Kirk Cousins is getting to throw to probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. Yes. A a system that's, like, fairly conducive to putting up efficient stats from the quarterback position, albeit maybe not, like, big-time numbers, whatever. But, like, Trevor Lawrence is throwing to Christian Kirk, who is getting lambasted for the contract that he got coming into the season, and a tight end that was just forgotten by the NFL and a system and a coach that was unemployed Former for a year. first round tight end that got forgotten. I just, like, there was pieces there, and Trevor Lawrence absolutely made the most of them. Calvin Ridley's a massive upgrade. Maybe they continue to upgrade, but, like, still, we're talking about a, like, par to subpar supporting cast, and Trevor Lawrence still played at a borderline elite level to like. No, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm like I I'm saying he's about like it looks as if he's going to be better than Kirk Cousins, but like I'm wondering if he's like you, you know with evolution they're like the missing link is Trevor Lawrence the missing link between Kirk Cousins and Peyton Manning because I don't think someone exists between those two. Uh, I think what what I'm I guess I'm what I'm saying it is is uh, Trevor Lawrence is maybe a Calvin Ridley, but I definitely think he's a AJ Brown or he's a I mean because let's not forget when we think about Peyton Manning, people are thinking about the 2012 Broncos or whatever, where you got prime Demarius Thomas, prime Emmanuel Sanders, you got Julius Thomas. Uh, okay, Manning. well let let's backtrack real quick. Peyton Manning was always throwing the fucking elite receivers. Let's. Let's not like fucking, you know, sugarcoat this. You know, he's throwing to Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark in Indianapolis. So. so so we're talking we're comparing Kirk Cousins, who's like pretty good with an elite receiver. Like Peyton Manning was absolutely elite, best quarterback in the NFL with elite receivers. Kirk Cousins can't do that with an elite receiver. That's the difference. We I think Trevor Lawrence could get there because he's already playing really well without elite receivers. So No, I I, I get that. I'm just saying like for my draft eval with Trevor Lawrence, I was like, oh, I think he's Kirk Cousins. But, like, if Kirk Cousins was the eighth best quarterback in the league, pretty much what Kirk Cousins is doing this year, because Kirk Cousins probably, like, about QB8 this yeah. last year. So, I mean, so I think I'm revising that. I mean, I'm not going to revise it. I'll stand by my takes. I'll own them. 
But like what I'm saying is, is when it's all said and done, he might be, because again, I really, I'm just pausing the question. Like you have Kirk Cousins who is like in the hall of pretty good, like guy who's going to get remembered by people our age and then forgotten to history. Yep. And then Peyton Manning, like top five quarterback, and they play similarly, like as a pocket present, as like a pocket QB. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know who's between them. Is it Phil? It might be Philip Rivers. Actually, it is Philip Rivers. Fuck it, Philip Rivers is the missing link. There you go. I know. I know who's equidistant, the opposite direction, and that would be Dak. Oh, stop it! What? That doesn't that- play anything like those two, though. At post a uh, ankle injury, he's much more. Yeah, better. okay, fine. Post ankle injury, kind of does. Yeah, he was much more. Well, I yeah, I've never been a big Dak fan, but I, I know you've never been a big Dak fan. I I still think Dak is pretty good, but I have always said he's Alex Smith, and he looks a lot like Alex Smith a yeah. lot of the time. <laughs> he's just Alex Smith if he played for the Cowboys. Well, I have that rookie season. That was a, he had a really good rookie season. Yep. Yes, he did. No, but um, anyways, Justin Fields having a disservice. Um, CJ Stroud on the uh, Colts also seems like a like right. It feels right. Yes, it does. Because what it allows us to do is like get to the end of this next off season where like the offensive line's pretty good and it's a like strong running game. And Michael, they like don't throw the ball a whole lot. Michael Pittman's pretty good and doesn't put up a lot of numbers because they don't throw the ball a lot. And we get to the end of the year and we're still not sure about Ohio State quarterbacks. And we just perpetually, <laughs> we still don't know. We just, Justin Fields runs for like two thousand yards, but throws like eight touchdowns and twelve picks. Right, and we we just and never like figure not, it out. The bear, the Bears still end up going like nine and eight and missing out on the playoffs by like a game or two and it's like well we're not sure if they're like not good justin yeah. did just run for two thousand yards yeah no that's uh what what not to just immediately switch us subjects here but one thing i i find we we've uh been talking about receivers this during this uh conversation oh man receivers and one thing that i've um i i went through the early evaluation process and i Loved Jackson Smith and Jigba and thought the rest of the receivers just kind of were always missing something. And we've kind of, I've seen, the reports have started to come out where maybe there's just one first or one receiver that actually has a first round grade in this draft class. And then there's a bunch of second round grades or like later grades that are going to get possibly pushed in the first round, but maybe Mm. not. Maybe we only see one receiver go in the first round. Some people are saying maybe we see five because the receiver position is so fucking important. It doesn't matter anyways. But I guess from where we were after the combine, where last time we've had like a major conversation about this, I guess I've always felt the same way this off season. There's never really been anything to change my way of thinking. I don't think we've really learned anything this off season about the receivers in this draft class. You can say that again. But where are you? Like, um, what I want to do is I want to go to Roto Underworld and, like, see who the comps for these receivers are. That's what I want to do right now. Because the 
the way I've seen it is we came into this uh, offseason and people did nothing to look at how Traylon Burks act or Jesus Christ, I did it again. How Quentin Johnson actually played. I did it again. The receiver. I missed with your heart. Beautiful. But we we saw that uh, Quentin Johnson is tall and fast, so therefore he must be a good wide receiver. And then we uh, knew that Jordan Addison, because of the year at Pitt, is probably a really good receiver. Then we learned Jordan Addison, who's really, really small, is really, really small. And we learned that yeah. Quentin Johnston is a, like, big but not, like, elite athlete, even though he's billed as a elite athlete. So. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you, like, you know, who these receivers are comp to. I'm going to save JSN for the end because I know that he's your favorite receiver and the comp's going to really make you laugh. Okay. So, I, I know the, Wait, the one that – what? I was. I'll get my comp for the receivers before we go through there. So I. I want. So we'll start with Quentin Johnston, right? Okay. So this is player profile. It pretty much just matches like. I don't even know if it matches production. Honestly, I think it just matches literally just measurables. Yeah. And then yep. maybe production. So like for reference, Traylon Burke's best comp was Jordy Nelson, right? Yes. Yep. Which is a terrible comp. Well, again, that's why I think it's just athletic profile. Right. But like so, we're Gavin's done a lot of comparing like Quentin Johnston to Traylon Burks, but like Traylon Burks at least comps not comparing, but comparing how they got to where we got to. Yes, not yeah. not a one to one comparison. They don't but, play anything alike, right? But so like Traylon Burks's comp is at least solid, if that makes sense. Like the athletic profile is like solid. The problem is is Quentin Johnston's is jo- uh, Josh Doxson, which is hilarious, also. Like, that's just a very funny cop. <laughs> yeah, I I was going to say Brashad Perriman with Better Yak was kind of like how I viewed Quentin Johnston. He's like big, tall, or wide receiver with size and kind of speed, but does but plays like a small wide receiver. But he, he does actually have like some pretty elite yak skills, I, I think, um, that he can at least bring to the table. But yeah, he's a TCU first round, probably first round receiver. And... He's the guy who I keep seeing falling out of the first round. It was Jordan Addison. Me as well. Now it's him, and it's like, okay. And which, what I think is just incredible about that and, like, super funny is, again, like, and I, this is after his pro day. So, like, I mean, again, if the NFL really thought that they learned something after the uh, pro day from TCU where it was just not good, there was reports about the drops at the pro day. And, I mean, like, that stuff is a big deal. But if you watched – 20 reps from trailer or Jesus Christ from Quentin Johnston at his pro day. And there you saw some drops in there and that changed your mind when we had a season worth of fucking reps of him dropping the ball. Like that's that again, that's where I just continue to have problems with this process. I, I know we've had this conversation like in a group chat. I do think here's my thing. The pro day Pretty much your pro day is just a showcase for you not to fuck up at, right? Right. You're supposed to go out there, run a fast 40, hit every fucking pass, catch every fucking pass, like look great. And my thing is, is if you don't look great at your pro day, that's a massive red flag because it's literally the only thing like in the, like you get to 
wake up in the same bed that you always wake up in. You get to like, you know, see your boys or like your girl, like, you know, the day of, like you always do. All your teammates are there for you to like be comfortable with. Like Max Duggan's throwing you the ball. He always threw you the ball. Like he knows exactly where to put the ball for you. He knows how you like to catch the ball. Like all of that stuff. Like everything is super comfortable. And if you're still not like looking elite, like I think that's a red flag. No, I, I agree with you, and I, I understand that side of it. I think that that speaks more to the 40-yard dash than the drops. with Because tra- I drops are, as a receiver, just something I just kind of hated uh, acknowledging in general because it's such a small sample size. But, mm-hmm. um, like, I understand, I understand the concern out of Pro Day, but, like, we're probably talking about, like, four or five, like – very ill-timed drops at like his pro day where and i like yeah i mean we didn't see the drops either there's a big difference between trying to highball something it's kind of like baseball with airs there's a difference between you running it like a dig and like having it thrown right here and you drop it and then like you trying to make a freakish like catch using your long ass fucking arms and big ass catch radius and it goes off both your hands because, like, it's a hard catch. It's kind of like baseball. And this is, like, why fielding percentage is a fucking shitty stat to tell who's an actual good, like, baseball fielder. Because, like, <clears throat> if you can cover, like, three feet either way as, like, a shortstop, if a ball goes four feet over, you're never going to make the play, which means you're never going to have to extend your range, which means that, like, you pretty much only field what comes to you. And like, you can just have a really high percentage of fielding. Whereas if you can cover five feet, either way you're running five feet, but like now the difficulty of your throws are higher. So like you are making more errors, even though you can cover more ground, which is more valuable on defense because you're preventing hits now instead of allowing them, but you're also producing more errors. So again, if Quentin Johnston is like jumping 20 feet in the air and like missing a pass, that's completely different than him missing a, a dig in the bread basket. So we don't, yeah. we don't know what the drops look like. Right. No. And I think um, a lot of the, like, I guess slip because Quentin Johnston is one of the two receivers early on. That's like a lot of people's wide receiver ones. A lot of people loved him. The other guy is Deontay Addison from USC. And Deontay. Oh, it's, I see what you did there. Yeah, I've told you this one before. Um, his well, athletic I, that was is, my, who I kind of thought of. Deontay Johnson ran like a 4-5-2-42. Yeah, I, well, so let's just lump these guys together then. Because I remember like pre-combine, your comp was Jihad Dotson, who ironically yeah. is the comp to Zay Flowers. <laughs> oh, shit, I didn't realize. Well, yeah, okay. so Zay Flowers is comp to Jihad Dotson and Jihad Dotson is kind of your original comp before mm-hmm. he didn't really test out the moon if that makes more sense and so now they compared him more to Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson is just kind of a worse athlete yeah so honestly the other thing too is is like Jihad Dotson has got to be like one of the weirdest draft picks because okay. like you just think it's like, oh, that dude went like in the second round. 
That dude went like 16th overall. No, he did. Like he was the fourth receiver taken, but he went 16th. Like he went dead set middle of the first round. And like you think, oh, like Jihad Das is just kind of whatever. Like he's a nice young player. And it's like, guys, like he got picked 16. Like, yeah. And he's such a weird when you look at the like comparing the two, the weirdest part about them is um and jo- Josh Downs has a lot of this too, where um, like Jahan Dotson is tiny, just not like not big. That's why he's in this like range of physical comparisons. But Jahan Dotson like has the ball skills and plays the ball in the air. Like people wish Quentin Johnson could. Like his ball skills, his ability to make just uh, contested catches, is incredible given his size and everything. And that's something that a I don't think Jordan Addison can really do. It's something I don't no, think that Quentin Jordan. Johnson- Zay Flowers. So here's the weird thing. Have you ever seen the meme where it's like the two things of water and one of them just like bold text and the other one's like italicized and it's got like the waves. That's how I feel about Addison and Zay Flowers. Yeah. Because Addison is just like, obviously Addison's skinnier than Zay and Zay is shorter than Addison, but they, they both feel like guys who are going to end up getting minimal outside reps due to just whatever. They're more like elite slot options who can play on the outside. But like Zay Flowers like runs faster and like played more outside at Boston College. And it's just like, and he weighs more. And it's like, oh, well, this guy is like, you know, better. But it's like, these guys are probably the same. <laughs> Yeah, the the only thing that I will because the NFL, what I I 100% agree with what you're saying. Where the NFL is going to look at these guys and basically just say, "You're small, you're playing in the slot." I don't give a shit. The only player that like I've seen in the NFL consistently, like a team, not care about that is actually Deontay Johnson. Um, which ironically, uh, like Deontay Johnson getting off press coverage as a route runner, just all of that stuff is like incredible. Very very good at all of that. I do not think Jordan Addison has that ability. When he was asked to be press coverage at USC, he was just very just okay or bad. Like, wait, when Zay Flowers was asked to beat press coverage at Boston College, it's at Boston College. It is not the same, but he at least did it. It was a lot of what I saw. I saw a lot of the same as Sky Moore last year, where he's like, this competition sucks, but at the same time, he's getting off so cleanly against press coverage. I've at least seen you do it. And know that you have the ability to do it against somebody. Yeah. Um, I've seen Jordan Addison not have the ability to do it. So that's I uh, I take that for what you will, given how you feel about like levels of competition and stuff. I think both Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are gonna be pigeonholed into the slot because at most NFL schemes and offenses like lack creativity and ability to use those players right anyways. Yeah. Um so I, I think again, I think they're both about the same player. I think I think that Addison is a better route runner, at least right now. Yes. But like Zay Flowers is, is thicker and a better athlete. Yeah, and it's just like weird. that's why he's the italicized water one. Yes. Because people love because people love to look at athletic profiles and just be like that. But I don't know. Zay Flowers has been getting a lot of love um, for Mel Kuyper, at least he's like Mel Kuyper's like 10th ranked receiver, which makes me think he's not any good. 
Well, what's funny is I remember like going through this process early, and you know, at this point, Zay Flowers was still like a guy, but nowhere near what he's being talked about now. I remember thinking like, oh, I really like Zay Flowers. Like maybe I could, maybe I'd have the ability to like, you know, he could be my guy this year. And then now it's just like, well, he's everyone's guy, which inherently makes him no one's guy anymore. So yeah. by the way, Josh Downs, Wando Robinson comparison. Just because you mentioned him, I looked him up. Uh, oh, is that his comparison? That that's his athletic comp. I've I'm so confused watching when I watched Josh Downs tape. I really feel like he ran a bunch of option routes out of the slot and ran them super, super, super well. The problem with that is, is it's a made-up route intended to, like, take you just where the defender, like, gives you leverage anyways. Not necessarily you earning leverage or creating separation on your own. So, like, I don't... He looks like an amazing route runner. Has the, like, Flash is just incredible ability. Again, he's small. I think he looks a lot like Elijah Moore on tape. That, that dude That dude is a slot receiver if I've ever seen one. Right. But... All right. Yes. No, I was just going to say, but... He still does do a lot of those things at an elite level. So I, I, he's really, really intriguing but confusing because I, he appears like an elite route runner, but I really just think it's like the, he got free range to do whatever the fuck he want in that North Carolina offense and just abuse the fuck out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you want to take any guesses on Jalen Hyatt's before I get to JSN? Oh my god, that's a weird one because I don't even know what his play style is besides just uh, a small two, um, small vertical threat. Um, I don't know. Uh, god, I'm I'm blanking. I'm thinking like no, I I got nothing. Who is it? Athletic comp best comparable Diami Brown. <laughs> hey, I actually don't hate that comparison with what he was asked to do. I yeah. Uh, the difference is Diami Brown, I thought, had a lot better uh, ability to expand the route tree than Jalen Hyatt does, but I was wrong on that anyways, so. Yeah, that means Jalen Hyatt's going to be like an all-pro or something like that. Probably. <laughs> all right, and then this one's for you, because I because I know that he is, you got the 102 in our rookie draft. And assuming you don't trade it, assuming this dude doesn't get hit by a bus, assuming he doesn't go in like the second round, he is like, your pick at 202 is yep. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Once you take a guess who you think is best comp, who is most comparable, like athletic comp is. He's always According been the, the he's always been a future member of Broken Butthole. Um, never wavered. I so before I give the the athletic comp, I think it is. I might my, my comp walking in was always Keenan Allen. I just think that they're the exact same player. Um mm-hmm. Athletic comp, though, with the agility, and he does actually have pretty damn good size. God, I don't know, because he's slow, too. I mean, real, I thought, it is just Keenan Allen. I, that's just what I see. I can't stray away from that. So, it, it very well might be Keenan Allen. It'll just never be Keenan Allen, because, like, he ran, his adjusted pro day 40 is like a 4.57, and Keenan's like a four seven. So, like, it'll probably oh, never be true. him just because yeah, of that. I forgot Keenan's 40 was really shitty. So he's like a faster Keenan Allen. Okay. Yeah. So his comp is one of your favorites of all time, Doug Baldwin. Hey, that's funny. UDFA, let's go. Yep. So D- Doug Baldwin also ran a 4.53 at the combine. 
and has a 91st percentile agility score. Yeah. Yeah. And his best comparable is Julian Edelman. So, you know, you're, you're coming off the Julian Edelman tree. That's two. Well, Julian Edelman was almost undrafted. Yeah. We, we are, uh, wow. That's an incredible tree to be involved with, but with one snack, (laughs) one sec, we're going to keep going because the Julian Edelman tree goes into the Kendall Wright tree. Of course it does. Yep, it's the Julian Edelman Kendall Wright tree. So pretty much, if you come up the Julian Edelman side of the tree, you're good. If you come up the Kendall Wright side you're of the strong. tree, you're not. Beautiful. <laughs> Though, I with with you mentioning me having the 102, we need to take this into a um, the vision and everyone else discussion at running back and what the NFL is going to do this year. We got. Um, Dude, give me Vision to the Falcons is like written in the stars. I feel like it, is that is it not like I feel like it's Jalen Carter or trade down and draft Vision. I feel like that's what it is. So I think that makes the most sense. I mean that they don't want to pass the ball. We've seen Ar- what Arthur Smith wants to do. He's always been this way. He's always been fucked up in the head, kind of like Beans. But <laughs> so they. They are the only team in the top 10, not including the Eagles, that I could see taking Bijan and it not being a massive mistake. The problem with taking a running back in the top 10 period is he's instantly getting paid like a top running back in the NFL. Yeah. Because no running backs are getting paid anymore, which is a massive discussion in and of itself right now. Um, But I guess... That, those are the two spots I see, but really, realistically, um, other than getting extremely misused, he's good enough. He's just going to transcend wherever he goes. Um, and I don't see him the one. I don't see him falling like past like twenty, twenty one, twenty two. I I would be shocked if he fell into the mid twenties because everything that I keep seeing is everyone's like. Oh, running backs don't matter. But, like, Bajin's good enough for, like, you to take him in the first round, like the mid-first round. I think the problem a lot of NFL teams are going to find themselves in, too, is because I keep seeing, and I agree with it, that there's, you know, 15, 16, 17 first-round players in this draft. And one of them is going to be Bajin Robinson. So when you, especially when a team gets into the late teens, early 20s, and is looking at this thing, do we take a guy in the first round, especially mid-first round almost, that, like, we don't believe as a first round talent is a second round player, maybe even further than that. If we're like one to push up a need at a certain position, or we just take this Bajin guy who not only like uber talented, best running back since Adrian Peterson, blah, blah, all of the, but he also plays the position where like, cause I mean, you got to think about this in terms of a coach keeping his job, a GM looking good, all that stuff as well. You're drafting a player at the, only position in the NFL where you can almost entirely make him a bust or a success. Um, I'm so- trying to think because like the Eagles make sense because it's like, Oh, we're trying to win now. And we have this random top 10 pick. We can get this guy. By the way, if he does go to the Eagles, I buy um, all the first round picks in our Dino League. I'm getting, because they're bringing it back this year, I'm getting a Kelly Green Vision Robinson jersey, which is going to be fire as fuck um if he goes to the eagles by the way first pick in 21 first pick in 22 first overall seventh overall don't want people thinking i took him over jamar chase i traded that pick though i could add jamar chase 
But, uh, you know, if he goes to the Eagles, that's another green team. So, I mean, looks like whoever I pick <laughs> first in uh, every year is just going to be on a team that's from – there's not even that many green teams. It's like it's literally just the Eagles, ju- not even the Seahawks. Seahawks don't even wear green outside of their dog water-ass neon fucking green unis. It's literally just the Jets and the Eagles. Like, that's it, I think. Yeah. I'm- that would piss me off if I had to get another fucking green jersey. I have so many guys. I have a teal Christian Kirk jersey too. That's so many green jerseys. It's truly, a, it's truly a uh, massive issue for you, Sam. I know it pisses me off. All of these elite players you have on your team, whose jerseys you green have, green. They, they happen to be green. But um, I'm trying to think of who the team is where you could just be like, yeah, like let's fucking get this guy and like let's just like let's fucking you know shebang. Like we're kind of just missing that running back. And I don't really know who that is. I don't know who would, like, I'm trying to think of who would trade up to, like, 12 to, like, get Bijan Robinson. Well, I mean, the Falcons are one. I, I don't, and. Well, again, I, the Fal- I, I get the Falcons, but they're not, like, a contender. I'm trying to oh. think of someone, like, I mean, Arizona would almost make sense. But, like, they're just going to be such a trash mess with Kyler Murray being hurt. That that team should absolutely just punt next season, I mean, I mean it's, it's the Bills. It's the Bengals. It's the. Um, I, I mean, really, it's the, the Chiefs. Um, what I can I tell you? What the I think? Cowboys. Yeah, I I have mixed feelings on that. Um, I think I don't want to take us off the gin here, but I think the Chiefs. If, if we're talking about the Chiefs lacking receivers and this being a legitimate issue. I think one of the best and coolest ways the Chiefs could resolve two positional uh, deficits that they allegedly have, they do have at one position, drafting Jameer Gibbs at the end of the first round. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen that. Because you get to play him on passing downs at running back if you want. You can play him in the slot, which I hear is allegedly a need for the Chiefs. Um and you still get to play Isaiah Pacheco on first and second down and give him the carries that he wants. I know that like not a lot of people are going to love to hear that about Jameer Gibbs, but Jameer Gibbs in space in Kansas City's offense is like an he makes player. so much sense. Like he I really know. does. I like genuinely he really does. Wait, us running screen passes to him. Like the problem is, I I know I can hear the people like that are throwing their uh, phones right now. We already have all slot receivers. Blah 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 blah. Like first of all, go fuck yourself. Sky Moore is not a slot receiver. Um, Kadarius Tony is a slot receiver, but as Sam has pointed out, he's only going to be healthy for three games this year. And then not only do we got to find three games in MVS, baby. Yeah. Well, not only do we got to find someone to start just period a receiver at that point, but at least in the slot. And I think you can slide Travis Kelsey out there. We do it all the time. We even put him out at X receiver. Um, regardless, we have a bunch of versatility we can do. You can then slide Isaiah Pacheco off the field, Gibbs onto the field. I love what that can do to the Chiefs offense. Um, and that's really where my excitement for running backs ends because it's just a bunch of good after that. Yeah, so like my thing is, this is not me comparing Jameer Gibbs to Christian McCaffrey, by the way. Um, I think Bajin Robinson is better than Love Burnett, so this comparison isn't exactly apt. But I do remember that draft class where it was like Dalvin Cook 
and it was Leonard Fournette. The 17 one. McCaffrey. And I was asked, I was like, hey, what like what running back, if you had to pick one in the first round, would you want? And I said, I would want Christian McCaffrey because at worst, Christian McCaffrey can like play slot for me if he like can't play running back. Right. And he can just do more. Like he's just a playmaker. And Gibbs is very much in that same mold. I think Bajin Robinson is a better running back than Leonard Fournette is. I yeah. think Bajin Rob- Robinson's comp is also like Marshawn Lynch from a like size athletic standpoint. Okay. I think I think that one's kind of hard because they don't run anything alike. Right. Like yeah. they don't. Bajin reminds me more of Lev Bell than anyone else. Yeah. I from like kind of the sudden movement of stuff. But anyways, Gibbs is like one of those dudes where it's like, you know, I don't know how long Gibbs is going to last considering, you know, he's kind of a smaller dude. But, like, Gibbs can definitely just be an offensive weapon and, like, he should be able to just uh, play OW and be effective because he's got speed. Right. The one one thing I want to say is people will, like, start talking about Clyde. And the thing with Clyde is is Clyde was not fast. <laughs> Gibbs is really fast. Yeah. Speed kill at the running back position. I hate to, like, whittle it down that much, but if you go back and listen to the post-draft uh, show last offseason, literally our reasoning for uh, saying, or my, our reasoning for saying uh, Isaiah Pacheco is the best running back on the Chiefs roster is, like, as as much draft capital, as much as we like want or try to make Clyde the dude. Cause if you remember early last season, Clyde was at least scoring touchdowns and was like, seemed like he was a part of our offense. And then Isaiah Pacheco just like ran away with that. And like, he, got, he, he got hurt. And then like, it was done. Right. It was, it was over at that point just cause Isaiah Pacheco was able to Clyde Edwards, Alaire, if he did, he does force, missed tackles like he does that like really well the problem is like him being able to a get to the hole and get through it quickly and then b take advantage of the like missed tackle after he forces it is just non-existent because he doesn't have the speed to run away with it anyways so it's he can't create on essentially that just eliminates all of his ability to create big plays and create on his own isaiah pacheco literally had no idea how to play running back position at all he just but knew that Right. And so when there was a crease, he could at least take full advantage of it because he was fast enough to run to the run to the point and get tackled and get fall forward for a couple yards. And Clyde just couldn't get there fast enough for that to even matter. So here's the thing. Clyde is 5'7", 207 at the yep. time of drafting with a 47th percentile 40-yard dash at 4'6", and a 90th percentile burst score. At like whatever the burst score was, um, Jameer Gibbs. If I can ever get this to load, I know Jameer Gibbs is taller. He's like five nine, isn't he? He's uh, five nine one ninety nine. So he's about two inches taller and uh, eight pounds lighter. He's he is thinner, and that is a concern. But the dude ran a four three six and has like a ninety ninth percentile like. 40 yard dash. Yeah. I I, and I don't have a burst score for him, but he has like a 91st percentile like speed score. Jesus Christ. That's no, how made me gassy. I don't think I think I don't think we use Jameer Gibbs as a between the tackles guy, anyways. We just use Isaiah. No, he would literally just be it would be Jarek McKinnon, but like on steroids. 
Yeah, it would be like, theoretically, it's better than Jarek McKinnon. By the way, yeah. his comp is CJ Spiller, who is like one of those running backs that like would probably have been good if he wasn't on Buffalo and Buffalo wasn't garbage the entire time he was there. The I do want to talk about one more running back. I, at this point, like we've been through our rankings. The running backs Charbonnet. are just kind of... Charbonnet. No, they... Is he? Is he no. an American? We do, we do, we do, I would do that. No, not, not is he. It's uh, not even Tajay. Um, the forgotten dude of Sean Tucker from Syracuse. And he's oh, I looked him up today. He had a fun he, comp. I can't remember who it was. He is forgotten because he's essentially hasn't Not been able to do anything. any athletic testing. Like he's he had the uh, medical issue that was really weird, and then had another medical issue, like the same medical issue, hold him out of Syracuse's pro day. So he held his own pro day and filmed it on his fucking like phones and tried to like do that, and essentially just it never got pressed because nobody believed it. Um, they got to be the most Sean Tucker thing too, by the way. Yeah. That guy is a weirdo. Yeah, but. Um, I think it was like a couple couple days ago, he uh, received medical clearance. I don't know what the issue yes. was, but he did get cleared. Um, so they're going to have another pro day for it, and they're going to host it three days before the NFL draft. Too. Yeah, so dude, that shit is – dude, that's the biggest interview of his life. Like that Genius. shit could literally – that thing could literally get him into like a back-end day two, high day three like pick. Literally just because of um, fucking recency bias. But I do – so here's the thing is I do um, – he checks a lot of boxes. I've already talked about Sean Tucker on here. Like production-wise, um, height, weight, speed, like all that. Speed is presumed. But at the end of the day, we are going to put a former track star on a pro day circuit three days before the NFL draft when like the rest of the NFL <laughs> running backs have been just kind of like – Forgotten about this point. Yeah. So, you're going to tell me that, uh, like, the Miami Dolphins aren't just going to be sitting here in round two? Like, we literally just watched Sean Tucker run a 4-3-2 two days ago at 210 pounds. Like, I... I, Off of a a recovering injury, mind you. Oh, God, yeah. We just pumped the narratives there. Dude, oh, my God. That that dude... Dude, teams would be all over him in the third round, potentially. Uh, that That's one guy that has just been like, his stock has been falling and falling and falling and falling because of all of that, the auxiliary injury stuff. It's concerning when you don't know what the injury is, and it's like kept him out of the stuff. It's a really weird situation, but like he's cleared now. This is, he's a guy I could just see like um, all of a sudden vaulting, and all of a sudden we have another day two running back. Just all out of nowhere. Yes, out of random. Right. By the way, comp Marlon Mack. <laughs> yeah, except he's uh. Well, I mean, Marlon Mack still was a decent receiver too. Just I guess by sheer volume, but yeah, just uh, use food for thought. Um, um oh, man, yeah. do we got any other draft? There's so many draft narratives, dude. I know. And There's too many to cover. Yeah, like no, it's I, lion season. We're here. I, mean, I know. I'm excited, dude. Um, I, I'm excited to go. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. By the uh, way, just want to put this out there. Like, tickets to, like, go to, like, the actual staged area for, like, just the first round were, like, $2,500. And, or you can go to the thing across the street that is the NFL uh, draft experience for uh, $0. So, that's what I will be doing. 
Yeah, that's not a tough decision. No. I I I was trying to explain to one of my coworkers today like why I was like absolutely going. And I was like, think of it this way. There's like 32 teams in the NFL, right? Assuming that they rotate between all the NFL teams, and there's two like in LA, so it's really 30, right? If you right. really think about it that way. Assuming that we rotate through all other 29 and don't go anywhere weird. Like there's going to be an NFL draft in London someday. Like I, I can tell you that right now they're going to do it. They're going to fucking have an NFL draft in London someday. The moon because Roger Goodell, like fucking loves Hibs of fucking London. But I'm like, at best, this thing's coming back in 30 years, probably, which means (laughs) that I'm going to be like 56. The next time I come, like it's here. There ain't no fucking shot that 56 year old Sam who potentially could have kids is going to the fucking NFL draft. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, dude, it's kind of now or never. I ain't going to no. live forever. No, it's I mean, a, I, baby song. it's in Kansas city coming off of a super bowl year. Um, I'm just, and this draft uh, to kind of sum it up just as a whole, it's, deep it's lacking high-end talent and i think that that's just gonna create a bunch of shit and unexpected like crap to happen during the draft which is gonna make it fun as hell to experience i i think after you get past the first four picks anything can happen really any i think once you get for past really kind of houston controls the cards right like houston Really what it is, is if everything holds serve and we go QB, QB, defense, QB, then like anything can happen after. But if Houston decides just to go fucking Will Anderson at two, then like who the fuck knows what happens? Yeah. That's a team like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis could like look at that and be like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get drafted like the mid first, late first now. What do you do if you're Houston? I know what I would do, but I want to know your opinion. Oh, dude, I might. So I think it depends what you think about Will Anderson. Of course. If you think Will Anderson is going to be like Von Miller, I'm taking Will Anderson, and we'll just take a quarterback next year. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would do. Because, like, I think – because, like, again, if you think Will Anderson – Will Anderson's going to be Von Miller. Then you better like, like in order to take like CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, assuming that Bryce Young's gone at one, like you got to think he's like a pro bowl caliber quarterback, right? At that point. Yep. And if you don't believe that any of those guys are like pro bowl caliber quarterbacks, then like you just take Will Anderson. Right. And then the next year you kind of hope that either a, like you get the first overall pick or be some team that already drafted their quarterback gets the first overall pick that isn't going to move off of like you, you would hope that like Carolina gets the first pick or something. Right. And it's like, well, they're not going to fucking like, I mean, I guess they could trade Bryce Young if Bryce Young was bad, but right. like if Bryce Young was good and they just had the first pick, then like, or like, I don't know, Seattle, I got there's a couple of different scenarios. Um, I don't know. 
yeah, I'm not really sure. I think the Rams are absolutely just trying to tank right now for Caleb Williams, though, because, like, I think they are. <laughs> I think it's going to be really hard to out-tank that Rams team if they, like, trade Stafford or cut Stafford. That's going to be rough to try and out-tank that team because that team was fucking dog <laughs> when Matt Stafford went out. They were dog when he was there. Yeah, and... uh they got to acquire their first round pick back somehow. I'm just- well, I think they, I think they only, Oh God. I don't remember if they have this year's. They shouldn't. L a Rams. 2024. Draft. Oh my God. If they don't. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I, I thought that they, for some reason, had this one, but I no, don't remember. They, they sold their souls for that Super Bowl. I, I, I know. I, I know. I, I know they did. I'm, like, trying to figure it out. Got it. You know what? This is a hot take. This is my hot take. Um, Fanside is literally one of the worst websites of all time. I hate Fanside so much. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely hate that website. It's always, like, the worst slanted bias bullshit and it's written by like, like fifth graders. No, they have their first round pick next year. So they do. Okay. Yeah, well, dude. That team is that team is gonna go down to the fucking studs. They're gonna be bad enough with that pick, though. That I mean, like, I just that kind of makes me hate Caleb Williams. Bro, all I know is Matt Stafford's cat pits are like fucking outrageous. Yeah. Um, like they're outrageous for if they were to cut him, like for next year and the year after. But it was like Brett Coleman po- posted a tweet and it was like, "Do you really think the Rams give a fuck about cap hits?" It's like, yeah. no, <laughs> genuinely no. They they literally sh- they traded Allen Robinson to f- save. They traded Allen Robinson yeah. to save five million dollars for like twenty slots in the seventh round. They gave that dude away. Yeah, so they traded actually, that man. For, they trade him for five fab, Gavin. You have stumbled into my hot take for today, and <laughs> I all I wanted to do was just talk about it because the like notification came across, and I was like assuming that like you know, oh, it's for a late round pick swap, and like okay, like like it's they got a six, like they gave a seventh rounder and got like a six bag or something. Well, they got like one like, pick. At very least, like, okay, but then, like, the Steelers are taking on the salary or something because they have a rookie quarterback or whatever. But, like, no. They literally no. just took $5 million and moved back 20 spots in the draft or some – or moved up, sorry. or Yeah, no, they moved back. Yeah, they, they, moved, they moved up 20 spots and paid – seventh round! Yeah, dude. I, like, dog, you were probably going to get that guy in the seventh round anyways. I just – like, okay – Maybe Allen Robinson looked horrible last year with the Rams. So like Allen Robinson is full bath. He yeah. is in the bath. He's getting sponged down. He's got a rubber ducky in there. Like he Allen Robinson is bad. Like yeah. I'm just gonna put that out there. Allen Robinson surely is better than 20 slots in the draft where you still have to eat 10 million. I think. The one thing that we learned, the only thing we learned last season in the NFL, or at least that I took away, because everything else was bullshit. The only thing I've learned 
How good was Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky? I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, they made this dude into – Blake Bortles made him into a 1,500-yard receiver pre-ACL 10. Like, it, it's incredible. I don't know how he did it. I don't know either. It's, it is amazing to, like – Allen Robinson honestly, arc. like, bought both those dudes so much time in the league, too. Yeah. Yeah, like and all three, yeah. Alan Robinson's got to be one of the biggest like what if guys, but who knows? Like maybe if Alan Robinson was like on a good team, he wouldn't have done anything. You I know don't know. I mean? Like I'm just confused what went wrong because they needed Alan Robinson to be good, and like I I know that there's a lot of like scheme shit, and I was on here talking shit on the Cooper Cup role. I think Cooper Cup's extremely overrated in the NFL, but like so Cooper Cup does a lot of like really. Um, he does a lot of things for the Rams. I'll leave it at that. I think the Rams do a lot of very, very poor things. The Rams offense is set up to get Cooper Cup as many yards and caught passes and as much shit as they can as possible at the detriment and just fucking every other player on that roster besides Tyler Higby running a hitch route. And so, like, I understand Allen Robinson isn't in, wasn't in a good situation to put up big numbers and, like, succeed. The but problem he did himself no favors. Yeah, he did himself no favors either at all. Just yeah, I was I saw that that was what I wanted to talk about for my hot take. The Steelers How good is Dude, Pittsburgh has got to have the most overrated, like like at least by name value, like the most overrated like wide receiver core in the league right now. Like surely, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, there are people out there right now that are thinking like, oh my god, like Deontay Johnson's like good, but like Pickens is like up and coming and like awesome. And Allen Robinson might still have some juice. Former like Pro Bowl. It's like, dude, Allen Robinson is trash. And George Pickens is like inefficient. I I think uh the tweet that I saw and I'll credit Roto Underworld for this. I saw this multiple times today. There's not a skill position player on the Steelers offense that runs faster than four or five in the 40. And like I know 40 isn't everything. But just, like, their ability – they didn't score a touchdown over, like, 10-plus yards, like, at all last year or, like, until, like – Did Calvin Austin really not run over a four – or under a 4-5 either? I'm starting skill position players. He did. Oh, like, started. Starting. Okay. Yes. But, like, this is an offense that we're talking about with the retard of Matt Canada at the helm that did not score a 10-plus yard touchdown, like, just at all until, like, week 17. Or maybe they just didn't at all. Until, like, late in the season. And you look at this and say, like, huh, so they can't create big plays, like, at all. And they don't have a player. I know 40-yard dashes and everything. But I would think at least one player on your team should hopefully, like, stumble into a faster than 4-5 40-yard dash. It's kind of incredible when I saw that Are stat. they, like, that, a Jalen Hyatt destination? They need like somebody the, to take the top like, off the defense, but it's not like Matt Canada is going to use him that way either. Matt Canada. I just gonna, don't know what you would do that. Like it, it feels like George Pickens and like Allen Robinson are going to be using way too much of the same space. Like that was the thing with like Chase Claypool is like I think Chase Claypool is good, and I mean obviously like it doesn't matter what I think. The NFL doesn't really think that way. Yeah, but like. Claypool at least was, like, fast and could, like, run in a straight line and, like, take the top off, right? Yeah. Like, who's doing that? 
Are you having? You're not having George Pickens do that, surely not. Well, no, they're going to throw Al contested Robinson catches to George Pickens and huh? Deont- They're going to throw contested nine routes to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson like they had the last two years. That's their plan to move the, to create big plays. I, I just don't see where Allen Robinson really fits in. I feel like Pittsburgh is. I almost feel like Pittsburgh's just like taking a flyer on him to see if there's anything. He might just get cut in camp. Yeah, no, I I guess that's the that's a good point. That they literally owe him nothing, basically. So he could just Yeah, it's like, hey, we're paying you five million, and if Calvin Austin like is just better than you, then we're just not gonna have you. Because like why would you? The offense makes a lot more sense with putting Allen Robinson at basically just a decoy X wide receiver spot and then just moving essentially I think Deontay Johnson should be the X. But if you want to feature Deontay in the slot and then put George Pickens as your move Z receiver, uh, receiver, I'm okay with that. Like that at least makes some that sense. Is, that makes more sense. Like the the problem is, is if you're gonna have like Deontay be like the X, then like it do, it doesn't make none of it makes any sense. Yeah, no, I that. agree. Even though Deontay like still is their best receiver and should be the starting X. Well, I shouldn't say should be. Like he's has played X receiver for better or for worse. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. I I saw that like um, it is is Allen Robinson like like still like decent at blocking or like does he not give a shit anymore? I can't even. I know can't he was even, good. Like when he like that's Chicago that's my thing is like if Allen Robinson is gonna come in and like get like fifty to sixty targets and catch like four hundred yards and be a really good run blocker while you give Najee Harris the ball. Or like Jalen Warren or whoever, like then it makes more sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if he's going to be a willing blocker, that way you're not having like. I mean, if you basically bring in Allen Robinson to play glorified tight end, so that way uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens don't necessarily have to. Like that's, I mean, I would say that's where twenty picks in the seventh round. I'm just want I I now I just want to see like the Pittsburgh Steelers lined up on offense with Pat Fryermouth like in tight on one side and then uh Allen Robinson like with his hand in the dirt on the other side of the formation <laughs> <laughs> with Najee Harris in the backfield and George Pickens and Deontay Johnson out wide just to start your, your ace package. Yep, it's it's right there. I can see it now. You know it would be kind of funny. Um, um, I'm sure someone's Alan done Robinson this before. The, the pass rusher while Pat Fryermouth goes just off inline, inline blocking. That would be pretty funny. But no, I'm thinking like you come out in your offensive set and you just get like jumbo and goal line, but it's like Allen Robinson, like George Pickens, and like fucking Deontay Johnson, like in three point stance. You this would be like something you would do for like a. Hey, we're never gonna actually sp- like snap this ball, but like you know we're gonna pretend. So, like, you get into this goal line set or whatever, and then, like, you yell kill, and everyone just, like, gets up and spreads out, like, from this goal line formation that you were never going to run out of because Allen Robinson's playing inline tight end at this point. Who, but I, I think that would be pretty funny. <laughs> who's a more dangerous player for the offense? Not, not like, for the defense. For the offense to give a jet sweep to. Deontay Johnson breaking four tackles and losing five yards or Allen Robinson, just, like, period. Dude, I I've never seen him. Deontay Johnson like has fumbling issues. Is the thing like he, <laughs> yeah, I, he does. I I guess I would just give it to Allen Robinson because like Allen Robinson probably wouldn't fumble the ball. I mean I can't say that for certain. 
Allen Robinson's like outcomes basically feel like, okay, he's either going to catch the ball or like drop the ball. And we're it probably won't cause a pick where Deontay's is like, okay, we're going to give him the ball and it didn't make any sense. And we're probably going to get nothing out of it. And by the way, this guy can't carry the ball. So he might fumble. I've I've never seen a player run horizontal like as freely as Deontay Johnson in the open field. It is incredible. I, He's like one of the oh god, it, it cracked me up so fucking much. I, I, I like Deontay too. Is the funny thing like I, think I know, no, really, I love him as a. Receiver. He's a nice player. I really like him, but like he he's just such a like mid ass athlete that yeah. like it's kind of funny to watch him play football. Yeah, he's gonna get open. He's gonna get his hundred thirty targets, and it's not gonna matter because the Steelers are just gonna finish their like mid shit that they've been for the last couple years again. Hey. Mid shit over 500, though. That's the Mike Tomlin calling card. That's right. Oh, man. I'm tired. He's tired, folks. I I think we call it there. What do you you say, Gavin? Yeah, no, I think it's drafts almost here. We got to bullshit about it for a couple hours here. I think um, I'm not. Do you know what um, our plan is next week and post draft? So what I think we should do is I can go late Tuesday. So that way we can get like this. I don't know what Beans' schedule is. Um, yeah, this is this is the inner workings for everyone still listening. This is how we decide to do anything. Um, I can go late like on Tuesday if we want. We can do like a Chiefs like seven round mock, and then we can like. We, we can just basically just do the seven-round mock, talk about it, and then have it posted by Wednesday. Or if we need to do it on Wednesday, if Beans can get it done, like, by the morning, we can post it Thursday, like, morning. So, okay. I don't know. Let us know in the comments what you want. Do you even want to achieve seven-round mock draft? Let us know. But post-draft... um. I got a soccer game to coach. Let's go. Um, that's Saturday. So I wouldn't be available till Sunday. Also, we lost our last soccer game because so we, we have this kid named Victor, and he's like the second best player in the league, and we're playing the other Victor, who's the best player in the league. And the other Victor scored four goals. Damn. He, I, I like asked someone about him afterwards. He was like, "Oh yeah, that dude like had more goals than like all the other teams like combined like during the season last year, like individual teams." So obviously, like he got outscored by all of the other teams. I like knew. I I was like, "Damn, this kid's pretty good." And then like I watched him take a corner kick, and he banana curled it into our goal. <laughs> And I was like, this is like, this kid is really fucking good. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, this is bullshit. Like, my God. So we got a game tomorrow, um, one week away from the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. With the, we'll see what happens with the baboons. We're all ones the baboons. We're one to know with no name. We should have remained the uh, independent soccer team. Yeah. Hey. But now we're the independent baboons. Change the name like the commanders. I know. Doesn't ever work. Well, ladies and germs, I want to thank you again. Oh, wait, we can't we can't end the show here yet. We got we got one thing to say. Shout out to um 
David Costello for uh, committing to the Kansas State Wildcats. Woo! Highest rated recruit for the Cats since Wally Judge in 2009. Also, KU landed transfer guard. I think his name is Nick Timberlake. I know his last name is Timberlake. He was a guard at Towson, and he was fairly heavily recruited and one of the better guard prospects in the transfer portal. So, big pickups for both schools. Looking forward to seeing what's going on in the future for both of them. Ah, just one of them. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> Homer! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you again for listening to us. Um, we really enjoyed bullshitting with you for however long we decided to bullshit with you. I think it's about an hour 45. So, we want to thank you guys again. Gavin's ready to go. I believe he's going to the dog park. That's right. Dog park! Thanks again for everyone for listening. If you want more of this content, check us out on Twitter at underscore underscore F3S. That's underscore underscore F3S. I've been Sam. That's been Gavin. Beans has been Beans not being here. But thank you all for flying with us today. We hope to see you next time. And God bless and peace out.